0: Samsung Unpacked happened this week, and Samsung brought us three new phones and three new tablets. The Note is dead. Long live the Ultra. It's the Benefit of a Doubt podcast. to the Benefit of a doubt podcast. I'm your host, Adam Dowd, and this week, Cliff and I are getting together to chat about Samsung Unpacked 2022. It's Samsung's first big event of the year, and they're launching arguably the phone and the tablet to beat in 2022. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, best Android tablet? That's a low bar. And you are not wrong. Sorry, Lenovo. But Samsung is pushing the work-from-home tablet narrative uber hard this time, and introducing this is not a typo, an $1,100 Android tablet. What the what? Well, I'll be checking it out for Digital Trends so you'll hear more about it on this podcast. Never fear. I'll also be checking out the Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra, which is basically a Galaxy Note, but with a much, much more boring name. I won't be checking that phone out for digital trends. I'll be checking it out for me, and yes, you will hear about it on this podcast as well in a future episode. But for today, we're talking about the event and everything that was introduced from a curious onlooker perspective. Plus, we've got a tech yeah item that I've been very interested in ever since I saw a demo for it back in October. It's a MagSafe battery pack with a a hidden trick up its sleeve from our friends at Anchor. And we will get to all of that, but first we have to get to the news of the week. We'll talk more about Samsung Unpacked later in our top story, but one piece of news came out of Unpacked that was very surprising and we kind of forgot to talk about it when Cliff and I got together. So we'll talk about it here. Samsung announced that its top tier phones, which include the most recent folding phones, the S21 series, the S22 series, and the Tab S8 series, will all get four major OS upgrades and five years of security updates. For reference, the Google Pixel gets three operating system upgrades and five years of security updates. So yeah, the way I read this, Samsung is upgrading its phones better than Google is updating its own phones, and just yikes! I mean, cool, it is pretty awesome, but still... Yikes! Of course, The Verge is quick to point out that neither company holds a candle to Apple, who recently upgraded the iPhone 6S from 2015 with iOS 15. So yeah, Apple is still the king of upgrades, but I would be surprised if Google didn't one day catch up to Apple by developing its own processors. For now, what that means is that if you buy a Samsung Galaxy S22, you'll get Android 12, 13, 14 and 15 although another way you could read that promise suggests you might even get android 16 as well whatever the case it's an insane update schedule meanwhile your motorola phone might have android 12 on it someday maybe yeah android manufacturers need to play some serious catch-up here Speaking of Android updates, this week, Google rolled out its first developer preview of Android 13. And yeah, I guess Google I.O. is right around the corner again, isn't it? This version of Android 13 is super not stable. So yeah, you probably shouldn't download it yet. But there are some new features coming that look pretty cool. One of them is a photo picker API. The idea here is that you can offer an app access to a small selection of photos as opposed to all of your photos, including your dick pics. This is a similar feature that's offered on Apple phones, not the dick pics, the API that I'm talking about. Anyway, Google is planning on rolling out more support for Android 12L for larger screen devices, though I suspect that'll be called Android 13 L. There's also support for helping users find quick setting tiles for installed apps more easily, per app language selection, and faster system updates. And that's all pretty cool, but I got to emphasize, do not install this on a primary device. I have a Google Pixel 6 that I'm not using at the moment, and I probably still won't install it on that. This is a very first- public beta, which by Google standards is actually probably more of an alpha. The point is there's plenty of time and you're young and you have a good life ahead of you, so just don't do it. This week, Apple rolled out a major update to its iPhones in the form of the ability to accept contactless payments. You know how I bragged a few weeks ago about selling popcorn with a square reader and saying, I take Apple Pay? Well now, Just about everybody with an iPhone can theoretically accept a payment from a contactless method, such as another phone, NFC payment system, contactless card, and oh yeah, by the way, iPhones too. Stripe will be the first service to support contactless payments, so if you have a Stripe account, get ready for a huge upgrade and a much easier way to charge your customers, including those dirty liars that say they don't have cash as you go door to door. Apple did not mention how much Apple's cut will be. Stripe, Square, and other payment services already take a couple of percentage points off a transaction, and I can't imagine Apple is doing this out of the kindness of its heart. One motivation, I guess if not money, could be that small businesses might reconsider Android purchases and get an iPhone instead once this rolls out, but I gotta think Apple is probably gonna snip off a little for the mothership as well. And of course, Apple took a paragraph to talk about privacy, even though that's not something that's really top of mind when you're talking about transactions, I mean, yeah, it, it's a concern. But it's not something you should actively think about. It's something you should assume. I'm curious about all the nuts and bolts of this, though. Like, can you have employees accept payments on their personal iPhone to go into your account? Or will there have to be, like, a community iPhone to share? How will people feel about tapping their credit card against an iPhone belonging to a guy who misspells your name on a coffee cup? And really, how hard is it to spell Michael? Jesus! Jesus! Anyway, we're going to have to wait and see how this all pans out, but it's huge news in the world of small businesses and in the world of Apple. On Wednesday, as if Samsung Unpacked wasn't enough, gaming got in on the action with Nintendo Direct. This was a 40-minute presentation that announced a series of new games and new updates coming to what is now Nintendo's biggest-selling home console ever. There's a whole bunch bunch of announcements, but I'm not a gamer, so hit the link in the show notes and in the newsletter for more information. But I will give you the highlights that I thought were interesting. Mario Strikers Battle League is a Mario football game, or if you live in America, a Mario soccer game. It's a five-on-five soccer game that, unlike real soccer matches, someone will probably actually score when playing. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is getting an update of 48 new race courses, released eight at a time between March, and the end of 2023. Remember, this is a gaming announcement, so things happen at a literal glacial pace. Splatoon 3 arrives this summer, complete with a salmon run, which was a popular mode from Splatoon 2. My kids dig Splatoon, so they'll probably dig that. And Wii Sports is getting a Nintendo Switch version called Switch Sports that will include tennis, soccer, badminton, volleyball, and bowling. And I'm just trying to imagine how someone's going to play volleyball on a Nintendo Switch screen. Good luck with that, noobs. Last year, we talked about how NVIDIA was looking into buying ARM, the chip maker that makes so many of the cores found in mobile processors around the world. Actually, I may not have talked about it because it's a business deal, and it's kind of boring, to be honest. So why am I talking about it now? Because the deal is dead. Dead debtor than Disco. This deal was valued at about $40 billion with a B dollars, or just under half of one Activision Blizzard sale. But regulators in several different countries took issue with the idea of NVIDIA, a graphics processor company, taking over the company that makes their cores. Specifically, they were nervous about NVIDIA's intentions after taking over the company, and yeah... I can see how that would be a problem. So NVIDIA took their ball and went home. Now SoftBank plans to spin off ARM into an IPO to see if maybe everybody wants to buy ARM instead of just one company. It could work and would probably be more regulator-friendly, and that's all I really have to say about this. It's just a shame when two billion-dollar companies aren't allowed to play with each other. Can't you just hear how broken up I am about this? Speaking of billionaires and playing around, Disney had its earnings report this week, and yeah, it had a very, very good Q4. Disney Plus gained over 12 million new subscribers, presumably to watch The Book of Boba Fett, and boy, are they going to be disappointed. That brings up Disney Plus to 129.8 million subscribers, and that's a whole lot of Book of Boba Fett. That's also not to talk about Hulu and ESPN, who are also owned by Disney and who also make a ton of money for them. But that's nothing compared to the parks. $7.2 billion with a B dollars to be precise, and yeah... I personally was not an insignificant part of that revenue. I mean, I was a drop in the bucket compared to $7.2 billion, but between staying at a hotel on property, meals, souvenirs, and park entry, good God I was hemorrhaging cash faster than an Elon Musk startup. The only dent in Disney Park revenue came from a lack of foreign ticket sales who, pre-pandemic, accounted for about one-fifth of all guests. All the same, Disney will be just fine. And by the way, if you ever want to have a self-induced coronary episode, consider the fact that my season pass to Six Flags Great America cost me and my family about 20 bucks per month for all four of us. Now go look up a season pass for Walt Disney World. I dare you. So it turns out when you pour blood, sweat, and tears into Apple for years and years and years, years they can't help but give you one last kick in the butt on the way out the door it turns out that regardless of what you did at apple when you worked there when you leave your job title is automatically changed to associate so right now there are tens of thousands of former employees in that database with the same job title as johnny ive and steve jobs That's cool, but they also have the same job title as Carl, who showed up to work at the Woodfield Mall Apple Store one day, stole an iPod, and ended up getting fired and sent to jail. It turns out that this policy is terrible, because former Apple employees who apply for other jobs can't have their resumes verified because they'll say that they were a Level 4 engineering lead, and Apple will say, nah, bro, they're an associate just like Carl. And just what the hell, Carl? But seriously, this can cost people jobs and a lot of money when they apply for new jobs, and Apple just doesn't verify that their resume is accurate. Truth be told, it's been almost a decade since I applied for a job where I actually had to turn in a resume in the first place, but apparently that's because I haven't asked for anything that was very high-paying. I'm okay with that, but in the meantime, Apple, stop screwing over your former employees. Friends, we thank you for gathering here today to mourn the passing of our dear friend, BlackBerry. Turns out that BlackBerry was supposed to be resurrected by a startup in Austin, Texas called Onward Mobility, but supply chain issues delayed the phone until this year, and this week, BlackBerry pulled the licensing deal that would have allowed Onward Mobility from moving, you know, onward. BlackBerry wants to distance itself from the smartphone landscape, and, well, duh, they've been doing that for almost a decade now. Ooh, sick burn. But seriously, I kind of want Onward Mobility to still make this phone happen. Call it the Notberry or something like that, and just put out the phone, because let's be honest, BlackBerry was not the make-or-break name that you thought it was. Yes, there were some fanboys out there who would flock to your phone, but... Honestly, if your phone sucks, it won't sell. And if it doesn't suck, it might still sell. So if you're confident in your product, manufacture it. BlackBerry be damned. But if this was a gimmick to try to sell crappy phones, well, then we're all better off this way. This next story is actually an old story from almost a year ago, but Wired republished the story this week, so I get to talk about it. Engineer Joe Strand built a compass. Now... That's not a big deal, of course, except that this compass doesn't look for north. No, that would be too easy. This compass points to something much cooler. This compass points you in the direction of the nearest pizza place, which is just uber sweet. Basically how this works is there's a button that turns the compass on and the compass sends a query to Google which asks where the nearest pizza place is. Google returns the result and the built-in compass helps align you to the nearest pizza place. That in turn lights up an LED on an LED ring in the direction of the pizza. It's really cute and I'll be honest, I kind of want one. Anyway, go check out the link in the show notes and check out the video because it's super interesting. And finally, this is a story that I can totally relate to because one really cool part about Teslas is their door handles which meld into the door of the car to keep aerodynamics nice and trim. Plus, it looks really sick when you walk up to a car and the door handle just pops out for you and you can open it. Except, yeah, when it gets cold, then things turn less awesome. Tesla owners have been posting videos of themselves waving their hands in front of a door handle and just... Nothing happens. The handles themselves are getting frozen shut and... Whoops! So Tesla owners end up having to pound on their door handles to get them to pop out so they can open the door. Now, I'm a Chicago boy, and I'm no stranger to windows and even entire doors being frozen shut. But this is the first time that I've heard of a door handle getting frozen shut, so you can't even open the door. Supposedly, there's a mechanism inside the door handle that is supposed to allow the handle to pop out even in the presence of ice. But there's no way to trigger it. A lot of Tesla users have asked for an option to be written into the app and like, duh, yeah, that would do the trick. We'll have to see if Elon Musk, who lives in Texas and San Francisco, by the way, ever finds his door frozen shut, because I promise you he would fix that right the hell now. For crap's sake, he started a tunnel boring company because he was stuck in traffic one day. I definitely think under those circumstances, Musk could inspire an app update for Frozen Doors. Backend
1: application, API, bugs, attachment DevOps, back-end, backend frameworks, backward, component, component oriented, component, natural component, language, business, software, blue, text editor, book, merge, boolean, web server. Welcome to
0: Tech Yeah! This week for Tech Yeah, we're winding down our iPhone use, which means it's time to wind down all of our MagSafe accessories. And that means it's time to talk about the Anker 622 Magnetic Battery. This is largely what it sounds like. It's a MagSafe-compatible battery, which will lock onto the back of your iPhone and charge it at 7.5 watts. It's a 5,000 hour battery, so it'll charge your phone just basically one time. But this battery has a little added bonus to it, which in my world puts it above and beyond. But first, let's take a quick tour the battery measures about four and a half inches tall two and a half inches wide and about half an inch deep it's covered all over in a nice soft touch material that is so nice to hold there's nothing on any side except for the bottom which holds a power button a USB-C port for charging the battery or for charging another phone with a wire there are also five pips that show you how much charge is left On the top, you have a familiar pattern of a circle with a line under it that indicates MagSafe. On the opposite side, you have Anchor branding. The magnet itself is quite strong, and I feel confident holding my phone by the magnet when it's attached. But the neat little secret here is on the back of the battery, there's actually a flap that folds into a little triangle, turning the battery into an iPhone stand. You can set it down on a table and set your phone onto it, and it'll lock on securely and hold your phone at a nice angle for viewing. When it's time to go, you just pick up the whole thing, flip the back flap back into place where it's held magnetically, slide the phone into your pocket, and you're good to go. It's a really neat, versatile little item that I really love. I wish I'd had this on vacation in Disney because I would have used it literally every day. But of course, as always, there's some downsides. The battery does not have a USB Type-A port for charging with any cable. It's USB Type-C only. And we're almost to the point where everything is USB-C, but we're not quite there yet. All the same, the cable that ships with an iPhone is a USB-C cable, so this is a forgivable pain point. The other thing is... It's a little pricey at almost $60 for a 5,000 mAh battery. True, it's MagSafe compatible, and true, it is really handy, but it's not M5 certified, meaning the top charge you'll get out of this is 7.5 watts of wireless charging, which makes it pretty slow. For $60, I'd like to see M5 compatibility and 15 watts of wireless charging. But really that's it there's nothing too fancy here it's just a nice little battery pack with an extra little perk that i really dig and i can see myself using this battery for a long time into the future and if you'd like to see yourself using this for a long time there's a link to it in the show notes and on benefit of so give it a look and check it out and as always if you pick one up you'll be helping out the show and you'll have my thanks but for now let's get back to the show Samsung Unpacked happened earlier today, and Samsung showed off the Samsung Galaxy S22, S22, Plus, and S22 Note, <clears throat> I mean Ultra. And also, they showed off the Tab S8, Tab S8, Plus, and Tab S8 Ultra. And we are here to talk about it. Joining me this evening is Clifton M. Thomas. Good evening, Cliff. Good evening. And we are here to talk about Samsung Unpacked and everything that came out. And when I say everything, I mean the devices because they had a bunch of other stuff like about, you know, uh, Earth Day and fishing nets and stuff like that. But we're just going to talk about the devices because, honestly, who cares about all that hippie dippy yuppie crap? Anyway. um, Hippies. So, yeah, so we got a whole bunch of new stuff here and um starting with the Samsung I mean, you know what? Let's just let's just talk about the headline. The Samsung Galaxy S22 Note. I mean, Ultra. Um this but is not the
1: not Note that is a
0: Note. Yeah, this is basically the Note is dead. Long live the Note. And um how are you feeling about this? Well, how do you have any feels about this uh in general? I know I've Written a few hundred words about it, but
1: about the ultra,
0: about all of it, about, about all the of whole it? thing. Um, I'm so know. I'm so done with on. Un- I was done with unpacked before the event happened. I'll be honest with you. <laughs>
1: but... So so like most most unpacked events, especially the ones that happen at this time of year, I, I don't think there was anything we didn't know. Right, so I was not surprised. Well, I mean, which I mean is okay. If if there's anything that I'm actually excited about, it's I think in general just the possible. Uh, I don't want to say return because they've been there, but maybe we're finally getting a myriad of excellent quality, potentially Android tablets, mm, especially okay. with um, with Android 12 L on the way at some point here. Yes. Uh, Android tablets may finally have software that attempts to match the quality of the uh, hardware. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I I I totally thought you were going to end that sentence with iPad and I was really ready to say Ooh. I wouldn't go that far just yet Ooh. but, but it's not uh, raise our but
1: expectations yeah. that high no
0: yeah but no you are you are absolutely correct um hopefully the software is there to make um Android tablets I mean I'll be honest with you a, a, a $1100 tablet a $1100 Android tablet in fact even even an iOS tablet, if I'm being totally honest, but like just a tablet that costs eleven hundred dollars it makes me cringe slash question <laughs> my my reality. Um I just don't think that I mean, look, if you're gonna use a tablet as a one hundred hundo creation device, then maybe. It's worth it. Basically, you're in laptop replacement territory here yeah, when it, it comes to that price point. In fact, even at the low end, the Tab S8, which is like what 699 that's still laptop territory in terms
1: 599, of 599 Yeah,
0: or is it $699? i am fairly sure it's 699 699 okay. Because I think the price I, is I'm all actually... mixed up
1: after... I'm all mixed up after looking at the uh, discounted prices that you can get if you pre-order right Yeah, now.
0: it's 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 a little messed up because, uh, you, well, yeah, because, I mean, well, first of all, if you go to Samsung.com, it doesn't show you the actual price. It shows you the price after the theoretical trade-in that you're going to trade in. So right, that's exactly. And that's been something that Samsung's been doing for years, so nothing new there. But I, I, I actually think, like, I didn't realize this up until, like, just now, so I realized this, like, in real time, but I think the price is actually actually go tab s8 700 s22 800 tab s8 plus 900 oh. s22 plus a thousand S a tab s8 ultra 1100 and tab or and then s22 ultra 1200 so like i think it actually goes up incrementally by a hundred dollars there which is actually kind of a fun arrangement i appreciate that um it's but very, uh but very yes. progressive, so, um, one thing that I, big takeaway that I took away was the ability to use a Samsung phone and a Samsung tablet together. Like, and like, this is more than like, I, I want to say it's not more than what the iPhone and iPad does. Although you really don't do a heck of a lot between an iPhone and an iPad to be honest, like maybe you can do some copying and pasting stuff. Um, the one really cool thing that you can do between like a, an, an I'm uh, between a MacBook or a Mac, I should say, and an iPhone is, like, you can insert a picture that you can then take with your phone and then it kind of zips it over to your lap. That's cool. But, like, similar coolness, it's also very niche, but similarly cool and similarly niche is what they were showing off at Samsung where you can use, like, your Samsung phone as, like, a, a toolbox or color picker while you're drawing on the tablet. Again, very niche, but still pretty cool when, like, you really stop and think about it. So first of
1: all, a lot of, Samsung does a lot of this stuff every time they release new devices. Although I think you're right in saying that the integration between their Android products, is, yeah, is, is that much tighter even than it has been before. But Samsung has had uh, stuff where you can integrate tightly with Windows for a while. Um, I shouldn't say tightly, but I mean you, you could use Android apps <laughs> or basically use the phone on Windows, which was pretty cool, and it was yeah. It was Partially something that Microsoft created, but uh, they they actually worked with Microsoft on that specifically, and it was integrated into the phone versus an app that you had to install. But Yeah,
0: it's just th- just to clarify, you can do that with any Android phone, but Samsung right. had a really tight integration where you mm-hmm. could actually like mimic your phone screen on your computer, and I'm pretty sure you can actually still do it. So I don't know why I'm so, speaking in this past sense, but yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> it's definitely one thing to call it niche. I, I would actually say niche to the point where it's something that most people will only ever see, even if they own both products or you you, you'll see it in the demonstrations. And then it probably will be used a couple of times if that, and then I can't see that be something that I'd use that often. I'm just not using a tablet and a, and a, and a phone. Um, do you often draw or- on
0: a tablet and as like part of your job no. or no. so yeah, I, I have to think that people that are really invested in digital art, which you know, it's sure. definitely not everyone, probably less than one percent of all users, like but still what it what it represents to me is not only like this cool thing that you can do if you're a digital artist, but also it kind of it kind of gives me a cool feeling about the mindset of Samsung, like how can we make these devices start working together? Sure. Or or
1: a cynical way to view that would be how can we make them mirror some of the features from Apple with iPads and
0: iPhones. Mm. Well, yeah, but you can't do that with an iPad right now. You can't even use an Apple Pencil on an iPhone. That's true. So it is kind of cool that the S Pen actually works across devices as well, um, but like you know, think about you know WebOS and the WebOS tablet, the the touchpad. You know, you could grab your phone and you could touch it up to the touchpad and it could transfer like that's a right. web a web page over to the feature. tablet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that Samsung could easily do, like to these two devices, and you know they could do like an AirDrop type clone. They could do you know, there's a lot of potential here, as long as Samsung is thinking about. How how to make these devices work together. Now, on the downside, that's just one more version of platform lock-in. Um, like, for example, like a lot of the stuff that they were showing with like Samsung Notes, you know, you can mark up all this stuff and you can do stuff. So- you can't download Samsung Notes on an iPhone. You know, true. Mm-hmm. you can do, you can download Google Keep. I'm just saying because I have it. Um, and that's personally what I use as a note-taking device until Google decides to kill it. Uh, but like, I would love to see that type of a feature brought over to like a Google keep or something like that, but we never will see that because it doesn't make sense for Samsung to do it. They want people tied into their ecosystem.
1: It is funny to see Samsung kind of, kind of playing both sides of, of, uh, what people have been asking for, which which I think is is a is a more iOS like experience from Android, and I think some people would like that anyway. The more more so something that's more integrated, uh, and also with that comes the platform log in, a lot lock in that comes specifically with Samsung devices. But at mm-hmm. the same time, they're also working uh, more closely with uh, Google, Google and doing things like getting rid of Samsung messages. And I, I'm not even sure is is the Samsung browser still included. Or is I it? Is it officially know. Chrome now? I'm not sure because I I, I've 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 heard rumors that some of that may go away. Although I know Samsung Browser has a has a loyal following from people, so it, it's just yeah. Like I said, it seems like they're playing both sides, and I don't think either way is, is a bad thing. I just I guess I'm thinking from me again with the stuff that they. I mean, I I love the idea of uh, digital illustration, and I don't want to bury the lead here, but it is really cool that they do have a huge tablet. Um, as as yeah. uh, something that's bigger even than from that's available from uh, the iPad pro line so
0: mmm hmm So um, let's transition back over to the phones because, you know, the obviously the the, the headline of this event is the Note is back. And, you know, I, I obviously made the joke a couple of times, you know, leading into the thing because it's, it's low-hanging fruit, let's be honest. Um, but, you know, just the fact that the Samsung Galaxy Note seems to be back in the Samsung Galaxy S22 Ultra, it gives me, like... It gives me good feelings and bad feelings. It's kind of a good and bad thing because, like... It's kind of a good and bad thing because, on the one hand, you've got Note features. But Mm. on the other hand, it's not a Note. It's a Note experience. And Samsung was pushing hard on that Note experience narrative, which was, you know, not all that, you know, it, it, it was fine. But, you know, Samsung was pushing really hard on the Note experience, which pretty much means that the Note device, for all intents and purposes, is dead.
1: As a separate line, sure. And and honestly, I, something that I've been pushing for, for a while, in my head anyway, I, I think Samsung, with the introduction of their folding line, some of, of their past... Uh, tiers of devices have become a little redundant, um, right? And so, and I and I think, especially with the size uh, of the S line just ever increasing, the thing that used to separate note devices was was their size, as well as the the pen, yeah, and and the highest specs. So they've carried over that hardware design language from uh, it's the 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 S twenty two Ultra is very. I mean, if you compare the Ultra to the S twenty two or the S twenty two plus, the design language, while all Samsung, is very different between the Ultra and the other two, which share a lot more of the same um, design cues, more in line with what they did last year. Yeah, and uh, so so it is funny though. Like I I was talking to our our friend Ryan in our Slack chat, and he was <laughs> he was mourning the loss of the Note, and he said, I don't. He even said, I don't know if I'm ever going to buy another Samsung phone. And again, I was like,
0: dude, it's, it is it's right a note. there. <laughs> yeah. It's I a mean, note. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a little silly, like how much of a note <laughs> that actually is. It is. I, it, I, and, you know, I kind of wish, and I've, I've, I've talked about this. I've written about it. I'm not going to belabor the point, but... Uh, and we actually talked about this a little bit when we recorded um, with uh, uh, Beyond a Doubt with Chris Davies earlier today, you know, there's just such such brand equity with the Note line that it just, it, to me, it doesn't make sense that Samsung, it, it, the only way it makes sense is actually, this is something that I haven't touched on anywhere, like writing or uh, earlier today. The only way it does make sense is when you have the S22 Ultra and the Tab S8 Ultra. Like, keeping that Ultra branding consistent across platforms kind of makes sense, but at the same time, you know, it it, it kind of doesn't make sense because there's really no... Um, there's yeah, at really, least right
1: now, yeah. the, there is next to no brand equity with the Ultra designation unless you just... Count the last roughly year where it, because the S twenty one Ultra did get a lot of uh praise. I know I, I know several people that purchased one that are not necessarily smartphone enthusiasts, but were really right. excited about that moonshot camera and, and some of the other things that came along with that. So I, I think the thing, again, that I think this is, is is going to please people that liked the S21 Ultra, and it's also going to please the Note fans that are out there. Yes, I do think they probably should have called it the S22 Note. Note.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, the one thing it is lacking, and this is something that, again, what Ryan was was talking about, for those who were like the, the hardcore Note people, I mean, because, yes, it does have a stylus. It does have that squared-off, uh, you know, rectilinear design. Yeah. And it does have the highest in features that the most, if you will, but it doesn't have things that uh, some people still want in a phone. Things like, well, we could say a headphone jack, but also things like expandable storage. And that's you been gone from.
0: Does it not have expandable storage? Now that you might, I, I really, I, I care so little about expandable storage. I, I didn't, I don't like, think it does in the run-up. I didn't even look in the press releases to see if it had expandable storage. I know the tablets do, but I don't know if the um, if the if the uh, if the note actually if I the don't believe the S twenty two Ultra has expanded. I, I think storage. you're probably right. I think you're probably right on that. But still, it was just it was kind of interesting. Like when you think about it, like I didn't even think about looking <laughs> to see if it did. But uh, you know, there's probably people screaming at their screens right now or their. Uh, mm. um,
1: you're wrong again. <laughs> They're talking to me, not you. You're always
0: right. I am never right, actually. That is uh, that is 100% not the case. I
1: love the industrial design, just very quickly, of the S22 Ultra. I, for one, am a big fan of the previous Note designs, especially of like the last two or three years. Not so much of the first couple of ones. Fair. uh Right. But And and they did take a page, I think, from... Um, I, I spy a little LG Velvet in there as well with those water drop style... Um, I'm almost flush cameras with the back with no like module around them.
0: Yeah, they're not that flush actually. <laughs> so they they Do stick they? out a little bit. I mean, I a haven't seen it. I haven't seen it firsthand. They don't stick. I mean, it's it's definitely no S21 Ultra, you know, with that mm. that had a uh, that had a camera bump that showed up on topographical maps. But I'm you know, it uh, it it definitely does uh, stick definitely out. It's definitely not a TCL
1: flush, bit. that's for sure.
0: So, yeah. So, um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, like, I definitely dig the design. Uh, Chris Davies pointed out this afternoon that it does stand up on its own. So, like, you can stand it up on edge and mm-hmm. it won't, like, flop over. Similar to yeah, the The, uh, the to flat the top
1: and bottom, like, uh, I think the last two uh, notes did. Like, the, the Note 9 and then, or the Note 10 and the Note 20.
0: Yeah, so I mean, it, it definitely has that more of a des- industrial design to it, mm-hmm. which I mean, I would have to think would be more uncomfortable when you're using like the pen and stuff, and it's like kind of the corners are kind of like digging into your hand and whatnot. <laughs> but anyway, um, that could just be uh, that could just be me. See, here's the thing: I've never had a Note phone. I've never had really? any version of any Note. No, I haven't. So like that's why that's actually a big reason why um we decided at digital trends that Andy Boxall should do the review of the S22 Ultra because he's had the note so he can mm. draw that comparison i've never had it so um you know to me that was just you know this is just um yeah this is this is just a mystery like i'm looking forward to using it because i've wanted the S pen forever it's just it, it never like by the time I, by the time I got this podcast and I had to start buying phones, the Note was gone. <laughs> so that's right. Whoops. that's Right, um, you right know, after so that. that. That's why I went with the S 21 Ultra last year. So
1: um, I I've owned a, a Note eight and a Note uh, ten. I had that awesome. <laughs> you had extremely fingerprint uh, drawing. That, I forget what the but it was that finish on the Note ten that shifted and almost looked like an oil puddle in the rain mm, okay where it was never the same color but yeah i, I really liked that phone but again it was kind of like what i was talking about before with the feet some of the features that samsung introduces that to me are cool on paper but i ended up not using in this case the stylus really all that much mm. it it's it's like oh yeah i always had this idea that <clears throat> i'm gonna be productive and i and i think that's some of the ethos of the note line is that it comes with it you just you just think you're going to be more productive because you have a stylist and and I'm sure a lot of people are, but it just, it just doesn't integrate that much into my lifestyle in the end. And then I end up, you know, feeling End up shaming myself for spending so much on a phone. It was a, one of the major features of I just don't use that much. But I know I'm not the only person out there. Some people just like the design of it, liked the large screen and the performance that you got with it, which was always just a little bit of a step above with the Note series compared yeah. to the S line. So,
0: and and um, and 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 it makes sense that Samsung combined these two phones. Uh, sure, absolutely. Two phones. So um, it, it, it totally makes sense. And actually, Android Police, I believe, uh, pointed out that by combining the S22... Well, first of all, there there have been several articles. I, one I read was by Engadget, I think, or Wired, one of the two. And the other one was by Android Police. And they both separately made uh, a couple of good points. First of all, the line between the S21 Ultra and... And the Note 20 Ultra was basically non-existent except right. the S Pen. That was yes. really the only difference. And even the S21 had the S Pen, but they weren't able to. Yeah, there wasn't you, a They couldn't word. garage it, so mm-hmm. it was like you know stupid. Uh, so um, the the
1: case with it was so awkward.
0: Um well yeah I I don't doubt it. Um but then uh so the line was was blurred like extremely blurred like basically non-existent between them. And then when you when you consider that Samsung for the last couple of years, you know, has basically been selling its own competitor 6 months later. You mm-hmm. know like it, you would have people like in line for the S10. Oh that's true. You know, the S10 and then like the Note 10 would come out and you're like, "Oh, well we should, you know, which one should I buy? Cause they basically had the same specs except for the S pen. That was really and- the only differentiator like years ago, like five years ago or so, the note went like one more step up on the spec, on right. the spec sheet, you know, like you would get just a little bit more out of the note and therefore it was the creme de la creme. So, but, uh, but recently that has not been the case. So Samsung not only removed its own competitor, um, so it can consolidate all those sales into one big potato, I guess. Um, but it also, um, you know, it also kind of got rid of that whole blurry line in the first place.
1: Well, and this is so. what I was going back to. I'm glad to see them consolidate those two lines into one high-end device that kind of I think covers the bases of fans of both devices. And yeah, this also be. I think makes a lot more sense now, like I said, because they've also introduced uh, the Flip and the Fold series, uh, mm. which I think appeal individually to um, maybe some of the people that are a fan of the S series and the Note series, um, and maybe one more so than the other, depending on which one you're talking about. Right. Which brings me to a question, because we, we haven't talked about the S22 and the S22+. plus. Okay. We can yeah. dive into those, but I do have a question. Yeah, I don't understand why they both exist now, especially with the Flip series out there, <sighs> especially at the price. Especially at question. the price, especially at the price point that the Flip Three is at, which is a thousand dollars, and really is is about the same size as the S twenty two or S twenty one plus. It just it feels like they could have gone one step further, and maybe that's what they do next year. But I feel like they they almost they almost do again what you were talking about, which is maybe cannibalizing sales of one device for another, especially when you also have the S twenty one FE out there too. Well, it does fall.
0: I I think when it comes to when it comes to why does it exist. You could very well argue that the. In fact, maybe I will in the feature on digital trends. Um, you could very well argue that the S that the S twenty two plus and the Flip f- Z Flip four or whatever it will be, they are going to compete with each other because they are going to be roughly the same size. They are going to be roughly the same price. Mm -hmm. I think the difference comes down to folding or not folding and how comfortable people are with that. Because, you know, you can say, oh, well, you want something a little bit bigger than the S than the S 22 get the Flip. But at the same time, you know, people might be like, eh, not so sure about that, you know, and they could just pass altogether. And they could, and you know, Samsung's shtick from the beginning has been, or not from the beginning, but in the last six years, has been, we have a phone for every mm, pr- budget, every price range. And so by, by having, you could say that the Flip is a competitor with the, S twenty two plus. I don't think they're going after the same customers, so like I just I don't I don't see it. Like maybe in a couple of years when folding phones are a little bit more mainstream, you can make that argument. But I think right now the 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 flip fans are bleeding edge people. Not to mention you are not going to get a forty five hundred milliamp hour battery in a flip.
1: There's that. That's that's very true. Also, there. I'm, are probably, even though Samsung display does make the, the OLED displays for all of these, specifically for the uh, bendable screens, there might yeah. be supply constraints, even more so uh, than there are for other parts. And yeah. so compared to the expected sales uh, of your mid-tier, the, the S22+, Plus you might not be able to provide as many of those if you were to just completely get rid of that model but then why not we can just even ignore the the argument for the flip being you know the, the one to replace it why not just consolidate the S21 and the S21 plus into just NS21 that's a reasonable size
0: and S21 plus yeah basically well, why not just basically. take the S- well, and I think well because and then,
1: well, and then do like and then do like an S twenty two mini, you know what I mean? Just,
0: just... or an S twenty two FE. Um... Right,
1: right, exactly.
0: Yeah. Although the FE um...
1: is a big phone, it just has a lower price. But then this yeah. is the other thing that I was going to say because I, I I know you said that they cover a lot of price points and 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 uh, things like that. But the the A series is kind of creeping up into that mid range price territory too. There's not a lot of difference between the what is the the S twenty one FE is what seven ninety nine or six ninety nine?
0: Um it was six ninety nine, but I think actually I saw that like a lot of places have already put like hundred dollar discounts on it. Yeah. It's yeah. I think the MSRP is still six ninety nine, but right. um, you know, I think wanna well, say Best Buy and even probably even Samsung are selling it for like fifty or hundred bucks off. So. Do you ever go?
1: In, have you ever been into a restaurant and you sit down and you're looking forward to your meal and then they hand you the menu and it and it's like a manual for a computer game from 1992, meaning it's <laughs> uh it's it's a tome, it weighs like eight pounds and you're like how oh, do we sure, keep all sure. this stuff in in supply and if you have all these things how does the chef know how to make all of these well wouldn't it right. be better just bringing your your <laughs> Your, yeah. your bevy of stuff down to something that's a little more simple so that I know what I can order within five minutes instead of bringing up my reading glasses and, and studying it like I'm yeah, studying no. for a history test. Yeah, <laughs> no. That's how I feel about Samsung's line, at least in North America. There's just so many choices and, and especially more towards the high end. And I, don't know, I right. keep beating this pricing. It's just it's a lot.
0: It is. It is a lot,
1: and I'm done with my road. Okay.
0: no, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's that's totally fine. So, and I also think the one last thing I wanted to say about the S22 is the S22 is a 6.1 inch um, AMOLED display, which is the same same size as the iPhone 13 and the 13 Pro. So, you want to have not only a price competitor but a size competitor. I think for people that don't necessarily sure. want you know a six point six point six inch six point six inch screen, I think the s22 so you know there's there's definitely there's definitely room for it I, there's no sure. there's no question there i still question why samsung bothered to release the s21 fe when it did you know Very just strange. weeks before the s22 Very um but and also coming soon to a digital trends piece near you uh but uh, but anyway so yeah i mean we got we got a lot today, and and unfortunately we've got um, you know quite a few people uh, jumping in, but we are kind of coming up on the end here um, because we're half an hour in. Sorry, folks, um, but anyway, so yeah, we need to kind of wrap it up. I would say. Overall, it was a good event. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of and there was a lot of other stuff that we didn't touch on. There was one UI stuff, there was uh, watch uh, watch OS stuff. Um, there was uh, Google Duo stuff. Uh, Google made a few announcements Saw that. Specifically in conjunction for Samsung, with, Yeah. Yeah, in conjunction with Samsung. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's a lot that we didn't cover, so you know, definitely check out, you know. Okay. I'll 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 pay I'll I'll i <laughs> I'll I'll say, shamelessly self-plug. Check out digitaltrends.com for all of our coverage there. Um, but you know, you know check out The Verge, check out Android Central. They've all got, you know, great stuff out there and and when I'm speaking from benefit of a doubt, I can be independent. I think, as long as my bosses aren't watching. Anyway, um, so... But, uh, yeah, so that's going to do it uh, This uh, for this particular episode of the Benefit of a Dowd podcast. This um, it will be a top story for this coming weekend for those of you who are listening in. Um, so I hope you enjoy it, and... Um, So let's just do the whole outro that I have to try to remember off the top of my head. Please consider subscribing if you liked what you heard, and if you really liked what you heard, um, please leave us a review or hit a like down below. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit a comment. You know, do all that fun stuff. Uh, Thank you to Cliff for coming on and chatting with us about the S uh, about the Samsung Galaxy Unpacked event for February twenty twenty two, and also for all of your hard work behind the scenes. And I want to thank everybody else for listening and for giving us the benefit of the doubt.